and welcome to Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. My name is Son Edom, alongside somebody who has more than one time sent me a text intended for somebody else. <laughs> it's been quite entertaining to get this mid-conversation text, like, what? And then moments later, get the, oops, that's not for you. And it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Tara Hoke Shiro. Hey guys, how are you? Welcome back. Hey, so um, have you ever done that? I was just actually messing with you guys, but uh, <laughs> I had that happen a little bit right before we were doing the show. Somebody texts me something about something, and I'm looking at it and like, I have no idea what this is. Right. I'm like, I don't know what this is, and then all of a sudden you get that, oops, <laughs> not meant for you. And it's like, okay. I'm like, now or or you send something about the person to the person and it was meant for somebody else yes. and you're like i can't believe i just did that now, i've done that and i've uh i've had some pretty good excuses as to why like the person will read it and they'll <laughs> be like what or or you send something this is even better yeah. you send something that you intended for somebody yes and then you regret sending it i mean not really regret somebody like oh maybe i shouldn't have and so then they respond and then you're like oh no that was meant for somebody else oh you do not <laughs> yes. and so you, you do not <laughs> or, or or have you done this have you done this where like you're supposed to meet up with somebody and you send it text on my way and you're like still doing your hair or you're still at home but you've said you're on your way yes you know so yeah so is that what you do when you send your on my way text it's you're usually i send on my way well i've learned (laughs) i've learned from recent experience that it's text i'm on my way and then i wait for the response to be like oh crap we're taping today or oh crap it's the show oh yeah okay come on so I wait to get your response so that I, I know where we're at it. now. I so, get it. So that's I get what it. it is. Okay, good. Um, so that way I know whether I should delay or if I should proceed. Yes. Because you never know. Because sometimes I forget. Yes. I have forgotten. Yes. Others have too. <laughs> but, you know, it's a, part of the, it's a part of the business. Part of the business. Hey, so um, hope you guys are doing well. We have been uh, going through a lot of stuff, and it seems now like – some of the things might be as far as the lockdown opening up, which is good. Uh, I've been to the beach and a few times, but uh, recently, and things are opening up, restaurants and places like that. And then um, also the just the beach itself. You can actually camp on the beach and you know have your picnic and all that with before. Uh, you couldn't have that with regulations. Uh, it seems like some of the, the protesting and ri- at least the rioting aspect in a lot of cases seems to be uh, the damage and stuff seems to be slowing down in some places. But um, but with all this stuff going on, there's been a lot of things that have been flying around. Ideology, theology, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. And I remember back in elementary school, we learned early on the golden rule. Mm. Do you know that? Yes. When did you learn it? Oh, I, I think it's just always been. been always I don't been. remember when I learned it. It's just always something that's been. Yes. So for those that don't know, the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I would imagine that the origin probably comes from something along, you talked about your faith before, about uh, loving thy neighbor <laughs> as yourself, mm-hmm. right? So there again, another context where if you want to treat somebody in a certain way, you want to measure it against how you want to be treated. And so as I was thinking about all the events and everything that's been going on and everything that's been flying on social media and what we should do and stuff, I thought about the golden rule. Mm-hmm. And really, in a nutshell, it comes down to pretty much that. If, you want to treat, if you're going to treat somebody in a manner mm-hmm. that you do not want to be treated, mm-hmm. whether it be a discriminatory thing, whether it be a hate thing, whether it be just a rudeness, whatever it might be, 
if you're going to treat somebody that way, would you want them to be, would you want them to return the favor and treat you that way too? And chances are no. So if we treat people the way we want to be treated, I think that uh, we might get a lot further in life and move forward on some of these issues that we've been facing the last number of years, probably 60 years. So what if everybody's standards are different? So what would you mean? <laughs> so deep down, so, you think somebody is mean and angry, and so we should all be mean and angry? Well, I think that everybody's standards are different as far as the way that they want to be treated. Like some people are sarcastic, and so they're fine with someone being sarcastic in return. Some people are super sensitive, and so they want um, nice, easy um, almost like a kumbaya way to deal with them because they, um, that's how they see, you know, why they, you know, I know some people who walk around and they just say, oh, well, I just, you know, we just have to be happy and why can't people just be nice and, and I treat people nice and, you know, but they're kind of like a happy go lucky kind of person. And so they, um, can't handle any type of, like normal feedback or normal give and take in a, in a conversation. Because when we're um, having a conversation with someone, sometimes we talk about things that need to be debated or need to be decided and we don't know what the right answer is. And if someone has the idea that, that um, they're just going to go through life happy and positive. Sometimes they just, they can't handle that normal give and take that it takes to problem solve or make a decision or to innovate or to create. And so if everybody's standards are different, then that probably gets confusing. Well, it would depend because one, like we've talked about in the past, there is no cure-all for anything. You know, we talked about the vaccine for COVID, and that transpired into a conversation about a framework. You talked about cars. Can we talk about cars? And you said there's a framework in place to prevent, you know, car accidents or to prevent more death in car accidents. Even though car accidents are going to be inevitable and death from car accidents are going to be inevitable, there's a framework in place. Mm-hmm. And you're going back to your framework. So that's what this would be. It would be your framework of some sort of something. Because, again, you're going to have your different personalities. But if you're at the grocery store, mm-hmm. okay, and you have – and I've told this story before, okay. Let's say I one time I opened the door for somebody, and she stopped and looked at me and said, I can open my own door. Well, see, there you go. So, okay, so, then, <laughs> so then that way – so then that way, okay, fine. If she wants to be rude, then she should have no problem when people are rude back to her. So what if... So that's what you're talking about. So, okay, so what if she is not... In her mind, it's not... What if in her mind, it's rude? Um, What if she's perceiving the world as you are usurping her um, independence? So, like, for example... um, I don't know if anybody who you open the door for is a negative thing. Here, I'll tell you. I'll give you an example. So, and I'm going to fix my um, chair because it's bugging me. Okay, that's better. Um, so when I wrote the book for Bob, right, he's a quad amputee and he goes about life in a very independent way. But when we see him, we look at a guy and we think, oh, crud, he doesn't have arms and legs. He must need help. So we must need to open the door for him. We must need to get something off the shelf for him at the grocery store. Um, waiters, waiters and waitresses don't know what to do with him when he comes into a restaurant and orders food. And so um, there was a discussion when we were writing the book, and I talked to his teammates. He plays quad rugby, which is a full contact um, sport in in wheelchairs. And 
I talked to his teammates and they said the same thing. Like people will run over in a parking lot if they're at the grocery store and they're all, um, they're all quadriplegic. So he, Bob is a quad amputee. They are functioning quad, um, quadriplegics, which means they have a spinal injury, but they still have some sort of mobility so they can drive, they can go out, you know, to eat, they can shop, you know, whatever. So they tell stories about when they go to the store, somebody will run across the parking lot and, and see that they're quadriplegic and be like, Oh my gosh, you know, let me help you. And in their mind, they would not put themselves in a situation that they needed help. And if they, so if they needed to go if they needed a helper at the grocery store or a helper to, you know, to out, you know, then they would bring someone with them. But if they're, they wouldn't put, because it's embarrassing to need help. Right. So they wouldn't put themselves in a situation where they would have to ask the people around them, Hey, I need help getting out of my car or I need help putting the groceries in my car. I need help shopping. They just wouldn't do that. But people literally come up and like, Oh, let me do this for you because they think that they can't. So it's, um, so in their mind, treating someone the way that they want to be treated, in their mind, they would allow people to be independent rather than we would look at it as we're being polite, you know, and opening the door for someone. But some people see it as um, I'm an independent person and I don't, it's embarrassing for me for you to fawn all over me and to trip all over yourself trying to help me because I, I can, if I'm going to come out in public, I'm obviously can do it myself. Now, if they need help, they will ask. So it's that boundary crossing where we assume and then, but so then like with this woman, you know, if she, maybe she has a perspective in her mind that she is trying to be an independent person, or maybe she has a perspective, maybe she came from a background where, um, women were treated as less than, and they couldn't do anything. And so by you opening the door for her, maybe that triggered that part of her, like, had nothing to do with you. You were just being polite. Now she didn't have to be rude about it uh, the way that she answered you, but her not accepting, her seeing that as different. You look at it as a helping hand, as being polite. She might be viewing it as you're you're um, looking at me as less than, like I can't fend for myself. And so the, our perspectives of what we, you know, like if like if if someone is right in front of us and I help that person then somebody might say, oh, she's crossing a boundary line because she's not, she's, you know, helping that person. Somebody else might say, if I don't help them, then somebody else might look at it and say, geez, why is she letting that person struggle? Well, I'm honoring their dignity. I'm allowing them to be independent. Does it take them longer to complete a task? Yes. Is it more difficult? And do they have to struggle? And do I have to sit and be uncomfortable watching? Yes. But I'm not usurping their independence and their dignity. So I think it to like. Well, I think one, you're talking about an extreme case. Because I think in the common good of people, we'd rather have a society where people are eager to help than step over each other. Right. Okay? Because you can take that same analogy and elderly people, you know, they might literally need help, but they're not going to ask for it. You know, they've carrying these, they got these groceries they got to put in the car, but they're not going to ask somebody to help. And how yet you, they're struggling. How do you know? Because, have you ever asked somebody for help? And they said, oh, thank you very much, but they've never asked you for it? There, well, it's both. There, there are people that won't ask because they know that they can do it. And then there are people that are afraid to ask because then it makes them feel um, ashamed to ask for help. There's, pe- there's some people who just like break out in hives asking for help. So it's both. And, and so that's what it comes down to. So then for the common good of society, it's still better to be, hey, can I help you? And they'd be like, no, I got it. Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. Then versus no one ever asking, mm-hmm. because if no one ever asks to help, if no one ever is going to treat somebody in a certain way, that's and I think we all have an idea of what common decency is in society. Because if we didn't, we wouldn't be where we are today in society as far as just the way we are. With everyone will look upon somebody. Okay, so for example, spousal spousal abuse, people think that for the most part, I would imagine that that is wrong. But yet, you ask somebody who's being abused, "Hey, do you need help?" They'll say no. So is it still better to be like, hey, do you need, and they say no in any situation, than us just to walk over them and be like, oh, whatever, and forget about it? So I think the key what you're saying is um, basically what I was saying is like it's good to ask. It's not good to do. It's good to ask. Um, but in some cases, you know, just holding the door and someone's walking in, like, you're not going to sit there and be like, is it okay for me to hold the door? Like, exactly. It's silly. Like, And she reacted in a way I wouldn't um, – I'm not sure that I would – take offense to that because we have to stop and look at like, okay, what is their perspective and what are they going through? And, you know, um, okay. So I, you know, offended them for whatever reason. I have no clue, whatever. I'm going to go on with my day. But, um, asking, I think is giving someone the dignity and respect to know where they are because there are people who struggle, but like, that's just, they want to struggle because that means that they're being independent. And then there are people that, our um, victim mentality who will struggle on purpose so that people will rescue them. So there's a whole bunch. And then everyone's moral standards are different. So like I look at that phrase, um, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If I find something, let's say I'm in a movie theater and somebody leaves their phone behind or their jacket behind or so whatever, I won't keep it. I'll take it to lost and found because that's the way I would want Someone, if I forgot something, that's the way I would want someone to handle it. Um, I don't want people to talk behind my back, so therefore I'm not going to talk behind people's back. I don't want people to lie to me or to manipulate or to um, give me a smoke screen to cover up, you know, what they did. So I try really hard um, not to do that as well. That's kind of where I look at this um, you know, I like to be given the benefit of the doubt, so I will give other people the benefit of the doubt. Um, every religion has this, by the way. I looked it up, and, and the origin is very unclear. Um, every religion has it. Every philosophy has it. It's it's woven through every um, – Plato, Aristotle talked about it. Um, Jesus talked about it. And there's all kinds of, of references to this golden rule, but – but when we talk about basic human dignity and decency, we're talking about moral standards. It's just morally right to help people out and to treat people with respect. Um, we don't, though, obviously, because every time you turn on the TV. <laughs> well, that's why it's a problem. That's why it's problematic. And trust me, I made an honest woman out of that girl. So I slammed the door in her face and said, get your own damn door. Aww. And so uh, because then on the flip side of that, I'm in the bookstore and I've talked about this before and some lady drops the book. So I don't pick it up because she's independent, right? Uh, and then she looks at me and says, hey, a gentleman would have picked that up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now, either way, I'm the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So now, if common decency says open the door for somebody, mm-hmm. is polite, gentleman, you know, chivalry, whatever you want to call it. Now, mm-hmm. if people have a problem with that, well, you know, then maybe you should reexamine yourself because uh, maybe if your idea of common decency and good and helping others is a bad thing, um, then maybe that's part of the problem. Whereas then on the flip side, okay, if I pick up the book and help her, then in that case, I would be two for two in helping. One rejected the help, 
but then the other was appreciative of it. Mm -hmm. But yet my intent is still to help. My mm -hmm. intent is still to provide something to somebody that might be um, a benefit or maybe not. You never know. But at least that way I know that if I'm treating people a certain way, then perhaps they might treat me back that same mm -hmm. way. Because how many times do bullies sit out there and then people hate them and they're mean? Okay? It's mm -hmm. because you're treating people bad. Right. And so otherwise, on the flip side, if you're talking about somebody who is nice and polite, you know, and people will treat you nice and polite, mm -hmm. you know, uh, take a look at, at, at high school, or elementary school, the problematic students are pointed out mm -hmm. because of their problems. You know, they're in trouble. That's a trouble kid. He's always causing trouble. He's in, you know, he's a bad kid. And so he's treated as the way he's acting. Now you can take the underlining stuff out of it, but you can just look at the behavior. Mm -hmm. Whereas the good students get away with stuff because they're good students and they're not mm -hmm. perceived as a problem. Mm -hmm. So the reaction is that people will treat you how you act. If you're acting in a good way, people are going to treat you a good way. And when you talk about what's a good way and what's a bad way and people's independence of how they think, well, I think we all have an idea because I think it's inherent in us as to what we think is good and what we think is bad because that's why most of the time people will think that the common laws that we have are decent. Common laws that we have are good. You know, if you go back to the Ten Commandments, you know, laws are in the books that we can't kill, we can't steal, we can't do other things. Like you just said, you don't want people to lie about you and talk about you behind your back. So I think a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people will agree with the fact that, yeah, if people are doing something to make me feel bad on a whole, I'm not going to like it. If people are talking bad about me, I'm not going to like it. If people are taking stuff from me, I'm not going to like it. If people are bullying me, saying bad things about me, I'm not going to like it. So if we're doing that to other people, then when other people do it to us, it shouldn't bother us because that's how we're treating people. Mm -hmm. It's what we put out there is going to come back. It's like mm -hmm. if you want to even take it to the level of karma. Mm -hmm. you know, if, you, if you're doing good things, then good karma is going to come back to you, right? Mm -hmm. If you're doing bad things, well, karma's a bitch. And it's that, it's that same concept. It's like, mm -hmm. so what are we doing to other people? And when you take a look at today's current events and everything that's going on, if you're treating people in a manner that you would want to be treated, then chances are some of these issues that we have, like I said, it's not the cure-all. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, the cure, but maybe it's a vaccine towards some of the issues that we're facing mm -hmm. because we're still going to have those people because there are people, you know, people are bad, so just start there. But I think it's going to help people get to the point and help society get to the point where we solve some of these issues because if we don't want people to take stuff from us, we shouldn't take from other people. Mm -hmm. If we don't want to suffer the consequences of our actions that are negative, I mean, you know, Mother Teresa, you look at Mother Teresa and you think a good person of all the things she did. Okay, now you can think of somebody else like a Hitler and all the things he did. You know, the fact that Mother Teresa, at the time of her passing, it was probably mourned by many people, whereas you look at Hitler and nobody probably cared. They probably celebrated the fact that he <laughs> killed himself. So, again, that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with what's, what are we doing out there to help people, help society, and is that how we want people to treat us? If we're going to be rude to other people, then don't be surprised when people are rude back to you. So I think, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. And I think that it also comes back to kindness because, um, you know, we've always said that character only has value in the opposite situation. So we're not nice to people simply because they're nice to us. We are kind because, um, you know, a, a loving and gentle spirit in the middle of chaos, right? And so if we do... A, um, I, I've heard several stories like if we do a gesture for someone, you know, so if we, we could do the golden rule, you know, I'm going to treat people the way I want to be treated. Right. So then we do a gesture for someone and then it doesn't it isn't received well. And so now we're mad. I heard a story. Um, there was a group that there's a group out here in Santa Clarita. Um, I think it's called Family Promise. And 
you can uh, families can spend the night um, in shelter safe places. It's not a shelter, but they it, there's a whole program. Um, so anyway, there was some volunteers spending the night in this um, place with these families so that everybody's safe, and they had ordered food for the the families and this one particular family. And this one guy um, started complaining. He's like, I'm not eating this. I, you know, would come in here and now this is free food, free shelter, free, you know, they're trying to help them and put them through the program, but um, he didn't, you know, appreciate it. And so the volunteer got really mad. So then they're like, Oh, okay, well, you know, what can we order you that, you know, that you would like. So then they order something else. He didn't like that. And so the volunteer was very jaded and very, um, because we think that when we do something nice for someone that we want the accolades we want to be treated with respect in return. We want to, and sometimes the people that we are being kind to are in a really bad spot. We just don't know, you know, what people are going through. And so this volunteer was like, like, I can't believe that they're treating me this way. And I went out of my way and this is just wrong and, and doing all this stuff. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe he, it was, maybe he didn't, you know, react the way that we would have liked to him. But what is he going through with his family? What is what, I mean, he's on the street. What is going on? Like he probably has all kinds of anger inside of him that has nothing to do with the food or the volunteer. And yet the volunteer was taking it personal. Like she did something wrong and like, she doesn't want to volunteer anymore. And like these people are just, um, they're just not worth it because they're not saying thank you. And they're just not being respectful. And that has happened in the homeless shelter um, as well. There are people that, um, you know, when you go in and cook breakfast every, you know, Saturday, some people are very appreciative. Some people complain that they're not getting this or that. And you think, my goodness, you know, we're, I'm going out of my way. Can't you at least? But really what that means is that it's about us. So kindness isn't about getting, you know, doing something to get something in return. Kindness is about what can I do to treat this person the way I would want to be treated, regardless of how they receive it, regardless of whether or not I get the accolades or the thank yous or the appreciation or like the, you know, um, we have to have a thick enough skin so that when we do something for someone, it doesn't, we're not doing it in our we and so that we don't switch it like oh I'm doing a really good thing and then they didn't appreciate it or they yelled at us or you know got in our face and now it's like Ugh, why did I do that you know why did I waste my time people don't donate to homeless people on the street because they're like oh they're going to use the money on things that I don't want them to use it on so we stay in the control position we stay in the spot of like I'm going to be nice to someone and then if they're mean to me then you know I'm I'm not helping them anymore. And that is not part of doing unto others as you would want them to do unto you. If I'm really cranky, I really want someone to to take my crankiness and put their arms around me and say, you know what, it's gonna be okay. I don't I, I'm not interested in people helping me so that I and I have to be on my best behavior. Um, sometimes I'm upset. Sometimes I'm depressed. Sometimes I'm angry. Sometimes I'm whatever. And if someone reaches out and helps me during that time, I want to be able to be real and not have to be like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. Like, of course I would say thank you. Of course I would be appreciative. But if that's what they're looking for, because, because in the opposite situation, sometimes people need love when they're hurting and us not getting corked up in that moment is is an act of kindness. It's an act of love. And, and I would want to be given grace in situations where I'm just being ugly. I would want to be given grace. And so 
that's how I would want to be treated. And so therefore I'm going to give somebody grace if they're acting unruly. If I see something on social media, if I interact with somebody in person and it doesn't go well, I, I, I'm going to give them grace because I would want to be given grace. Well, see, that kind of goes to the point. The point is, it's not going to be just a template of how we act. If someone's cranky and they're lashing out cranky, okay, I'm not talking about how to control that person. How would I respond? Okay, so if I'm cranky, how would I want people to respond to me? Well, I want people to lash back out to me. So if someone's cranky to me, then maybe you do something that might, I'm not talking about patronizing either, but it's like, okay, so maybe there's a problem. Is there a way that I can help with the problem? Well, for example, you told the story about the guy at your radio station who was really right. mean to everybody and you took an opposite approach and totally turned the guy around. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, so you gave yeah, him grace. Yeah. You treated him the way that you would want to be treated. You gave him grace. So sometimes we think of it like as a, like, like a reward, you know, type system, but, it, but if we really get down to the thick of it, you did exactly what he needed. He needed grace. So he started off talking to you that way. You didn't respond. You responded in the opposite way because you're like, maybe something else is going on here. Perfect example, turned him around. Then you're like, wow, this guy's pretty nice. Yes, he was, he was being cranky and angry to people. And so therefore he was getting it in return. So we mm -hmm. could easily say, oh, well, if that's the way you want people to treat you, keep being angry and people are going to keep being angry mm -hmm. back. You gave him what he needed. Because in that instance, and I'll, I'll share the story real quick so people, if they don't know what we're talking about, will know. But in that instance, I would be thinking, if I was cranky in his shoes, how would I want people to respond to me? And mm -hmm. so I was kind of responding to him on a couple of reasons. One, professionally, but then two, in a manner that if I was in his shoes, would I want people to be cranky back? I mean, even though I might be in the wrong, mm -hmm. um, I still want to would want people to treat me a certain way, if that makes sense. And so for, so the story goes, I was, I first got a job at a radio station here in Los Angeles. And one of my duties was to run the board for a radio show. And the host of the radio show was just a mean crotchety old guy, at least so I was told. And so he would treat his, uh, board ops and the people that worked on his show in a mean fashion. And so in, re in return, they would treat him back in a mean fashion. So when I got to the show, my attitude and approach to him was going to be professional. If he yelled and screamed, I would ignore the yelling and screaming and listen to the words and then try to comply with the words. So, for example, if the music that we played was too loud or played too long, I would listen to him and then I would adjust accordingly minus the yelling and screaming. If something was missing, I would go get it and I would listen to the words minus the yelling and screaming. And eventually it got to the point where he started to respect me and realized that I wasn't going to give him crap back. And so he stopped yelling and screaming and he just started requesting. And then we got a working relationship going and he was pleasant. Turned out to be a great guy, but because of his reputation, the way he treated people, people treated him wrong back, you know, the same way. And like you said, he might've deserved it, but again, I treated him differently and he came around and we had really good working relationship from that point on and it kind of changed him. And so people then would start to treat him in a manner that I would step in and be like, Hey dude, you might want to try a different approach and you might get a different result. And so, um, but so that was the perspective too, was from, from the point that, okay, if I'm cranky, do I want people to snap back? Because we do all, we all go through things and we all have emotions and we all have stuff that we're going through. But like you said, are we, is it the narcissist in us? I mean, Thanksgiving is great, but how many times do you go and feed the homeless once a year? <laughs> and, and why are you feeding the homeless once a year? Who are you trying to that appease? Really 
bugs me. Are you, are you feeding your own self so you feel good or you're actually out there? Because if you're really, really, to be honest, and I'm including myself in this too, um, if you're really honest and cared about feeding the homeless, we do it every day or every week or every month exactly. or a regular time. And not you know. just at Thanksgiving Not or Thanksgiving. Christmas. And so, yeah, we're all in that. Or gifts. You know, we're all in that. Uh, we're all in that boat. And so we got to be careful and mindful that we're not doing it for us and selfish reasons. So, for again, in that example of the story, first off, the person that gets upset is probably doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Would be a guess. Mm-hmm. They want to do it to make themselves feel better. Mm-hmm. Because take a pastor or some mm-hmm. spiritual leader or a counselor or anybody that is in that position of helping. Mm-hmm. If the the person, okay, the, the counselor tells the drug addict or the person that's having an issue, don't do something, the person does it anyways, mm-hmm. has a bad result, the counselor doesn't get mad. He just says, hey, you know what, if you do this, you're going to be better off. And so they're in it for the probably the real reasons. You know, right. they're not in it for oh, I'm going to help this person. Right. I'm in it because I genuinely this is what I care towards humans. So again, what's your approach? And then two, the person, yeah, he might not like the food, but at some point he should get nothing. Because again, exactly. now again, I know he's going through maybe who knows what. I get that. But then at what point are we patronizing and, and allowing that behavior no, to happen? When I heard that story initially, I was like, so why did you order the second meal? Exactly. I, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Why, why did you, you know, if, because there was nothing wrong. The, the complaints were, were silly. And, and I said to the person who was telling me the story, the second meal should not have been ordered. If you have a peanut allergy or something, maybe. Yeah. But you yeah. just don't like it. Then tough. you don't, don't eat. The, yeah, then you don't eat. Like, so the, so I'm not saying that we, he needed, this, this person obviously needed some grace. There was obviously a lot more going on than the food that was put, you know, in front of him. And so grace, grace is the measure that, that should have been given. The second meal should not have been ordered. Um, and then the volunteer, Again, like you said, you got to check, like, why are we doing this in the first place? Because if you're going to help people who are in need, um, they're going to be needy. And so so it's a different – so we have to give people a something different than what we think. We're not just giving them food. We're not just giving them supplies. We're giving them dignity. We're giving them grace. What they need, you know, to treat people how we would want to be treated is that we need that – hug when when a simple touch just makes us feel ugly and gross and we just want to break out in hives like don't touch me but that's exactly what we need so we have to be able to um, look at situations and understand what people are going through and ask ourselves what is it that is really going on here what is it that people really need what is it that I'm trying to give and why am I trying to give it am I doing it so that I can check off a box and say yeah I help people I volunteer or am I doing it because I really you know, want to help this person because if I was on the street, if I was in this position, I would want to be, you know, treated, you know, a certain way. So I think it's like, I guess the point that, that bugs me in this situation is that people think it's, um, more, I think it's a deeper issue than people have a tendency to keep it more on the shallow level. And it's, I think it's a way deeper issue. I think we have to see people's hearts. I have think we have to, understand you know the love and the kindness that we bring on a daily basis and it's not just um these task oriented or the you know here let me give you this drink what does that symbolize when i'm giving you you know this drink is and and what kind of a connection can we have in me giving this to you i just i just think it's um i think sometimes we toss around these phrases and they're um just as a way to make ourselves feel better. 
my dad, he was working at an adult recreation center one time, and so they would give out free food for anybody. It didn't matter. If you were of a certain age, um, you could come and get a free meal. So it wasn't just for needy. It was for anybody. And so he'd see regular people coming in all the time, and you get to know the regulars. Yeah. And so there was one guy that was seemed to be homeless. He would have a shopping cart, and you know all indications were that he was homeless. Mm-hmm. And he'd wear the same thing, and it was kind of dingy in the ratty clothes and whatever. So my dad goes to the store and gets him some clothes, a couple shirts, like dress shirts, kind of like this, you know, not, uh, and, and maybe um, some undershirts, T-shirts type thing, you know, and wanted to do something nice. <laughs> so my dad gives it to him. The next week, he comes in, the, the guy, and he's dressed the same way. And he sees somebody else wearing the clothes that he had gotten him. So I guess the, the point was, my dad did it out of, it didn't matter the end result. He knew that, you know, he, this is what he felt like he wanted to do. Now, it didn't upset him that somebody else had it. It was just kind of comical. Mm-hmm. The guy pawned it off to something else. So somebody benefited from it because right. somebody else was wearing it. So who knows? Maybe that guy bartered it for something else. I mean, you never know. In that, in that homeless situation, maybe there's a barter system going on where if you can, you know, change goods for services or whatever stuff, I don't know. And so, um, but it was kind of comical because the guy just, you know, we think that this is what they would like and it's a good gesture, but my dad didn't do it for himself. Mm -hmm. So whoever ended up with it Mm -hmm. got something. Um, But it also reminds me too of, you know, the whole thing where if you are out there and again, it's not, we're not talking about a cure all. We're talking about just in, in general, if we're treating people in a manner that we would want to be treated, I think we'd have a lot of uh, resolution and a lot of problems. So for example, you mentioned in the past where you are going out to a evening of elegance and that you walk into the room. I and, can't wait to go out for an evening yes. of elegance. Can I just say that before we move on? It's been months. She is elegance, <laughs> depravity, people. The diva in her is waiting to bust out. And I feel so horrible saying that. I, I, I apologize. Well, you should. Everything going on in the world right now, I'm worried about that. But, oh, but, but, see, but uh. see, that's part of the problem because part of the problem is we want to, we want to sit there and we want to martyr ourselves. <laughs> For the, the, yeah, the good I'm of sorry, everything. Yeah, I interrupted your thoughts. So no. let's say I'm going out Okay, for so elegance. you're going out for your night of elegance. <laughs> and you, you told me that you walk into the room and automatically women check each other out. Yes, okay? I, I have said that, yes. So you're checking each other out. What's yep. the purpose of checking each other out? Okay, there could be many reasons. Um, and so because of those reasons, you check people out, make sure maybe you compare to them. Maybe you think, okay, who's going to judge me? Who's not going to judge me? Oh, maybe we want to know if we want to fit in. Did I make the mark? Is my right. outfit acceptable? Okay. Do I am I measuring up to everybody else? See, now imagine if nobody cared, okay? Because you walk into the room, and I'm just going to, no matter what people look like, no matter how they're dressed, no matter what they're wearing, it's irrelevant. They're just I'm just going to treat them as if my stuff is just as good as anybody else's, mm-hmm. okay? So then all that anxiety, all that fear, all that stuff that you're worried about is now out the window Mm -hmm. because nobody would care Mm -hmm. because it wouldn't matter. Well, right now we're kind of in an atmosphere that, um, interestingly enough that, that we are, I, I have been in the last couple of months, like slowly, 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 not caring, not caring, not caring, not caring. You wear these masks everywhere, right? So who wants to wear makeup under a mask because then it gets all right. dirty and gross then. and it looks disgusting. So I, I've been wearing makeup like once every two weeks and today's the day. Mm. Like, <laughs> because well, I'm, glad we're on you, camera. I'm glad you do it when I'm here. Yes, uh, because I look horrible. I know. 
So, but I'm getting to the point where I like, and my hair, finally, I went to the salon um, a couple of days ago. So finally, yeah, my, I was, was going to ask you, should I ask about your hair? Yes, I, yes, I didn't even yes. know if I should ask I about so it. so much better. Yeah. It's like, you know, hey, you like my hair? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, do I, am I liking it today? I don't know. Yes, you are liking okay. it today. So, but I was pulling it back into a ponytail and the gray that I have is underneath. So like, like this whole section right under here was just completely gray. So as long as they wear my hair down, it's like, ah, eh, whatever. I can kind of sort of get away with it. But I'm like, whatever. Like, and I was walking down this, I would never do that before, but now I'm like, I don't care anymore. Like there's so many things going on in the world right now. And I'm, and you know, they got the mask, the salon, the nail, like everything's gone and we're kind of like stripped down. And I didn't, I wasn't worried. Or not, no, I would not do it for you guys. Right. I, w- I totally would not come here. Yes, and, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, makeup or do my hair. I would please not do that. don't do that. Yes, no. You would flip the channel. Um, but I, I have been – it is interesting, that concept, yeah. because no. because now I can see the other side of it, and, and I'm like, I don't care what I look like. I don't – I really don't. Because what if we truly didn't care? You know, what if we truly didn't care about the way we were? Like I mentioned, I like to go to the beach a lot, and – um. At one point, about a year and a half ago, you know, I weighed, uh, you know, 40 pounds heavier than I am now because I've gained some <laughs> weight back. But I did lose 60, 60 pounds. And I never really cared what I looked like at the beach. But when I would go to the beach after losing all that weight, I felt a little better taking off my shirt and things like that. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and then I went recently and I'm like, well, maybe I should keep my shirt on because I'm kind of back in that COVID-19 weight, you know. But then I'm like, oh, who cares, you know, because we shouldn't care. We really shouldn't care. Now, we may want to look good about ourselves again okay so maybe we have a certain way that we feel comfortable that the way we want to look um and so we do it for us Mm -hmm. or maybe we do it for a spouse or a significant other or uh you know i used to have this long goatee um and um almost a year ago i shaved it off it was about two years worth of growth and you know so i shaved it off because some people like my mom for example you just thought it would be better if i if it was shorter so you know i do stuff you know like that thank you for making it shorter but yeah (laughs) but but that's the thing it's like so in some cases okay maybe you do something for somebody else but a lot of times if you're doing it for yourself then that's okay. But why should you do it for other people? Okay, if I'm on the beach with a bunch of strangers, what do I care what they think of me? So, okay, so if, we, if we're putting this under treat others the way you want mm-hmm. to be treated. Yeah, so then if I see somebody running around the beach that is in a Speedo and maybe overweight, then really should I shame them? Should I be like, oh, look at them? Because maybe one day I'm going to be a, a 200 pounds or 300 pounds Please again in a Speedo. Please don't wear a Speedo. Maybe I'm more a Speedo. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. It's like if we're just out there, Speedo you know, um, if, if we're out now, now we talk about the decency thing. So maybe the, the, the bikinis and the exposing of the flesh might be a different conversation. Oh, that is a whole nother yeah, conversation. Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. That really... But, but, uh, but if you're looking at somebody who might be overweight, or maybe underweight. You know, I've seen a lot of people that, you, you know, they're skin and bones. And you're like, dude, eat something. Have a Big Mac. Um, but maybe there's underlying issues. You know, but then you see other people who have, like you said, a disease or something. Or they're born with a deformity and that's their life. Mm-hmm. And so they become known by that. I mean, it was kind of like, I guess, what that t- movie, again, dating myself, The Elephant Man. I never watched it. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, or any other movie. And so you see these people that are born this way. And so, again, they can't help it. So again, if okay, what if I was in that shoes? Or maybe maybe it's maybe it's a, a tandem. Treat others as you'd want to be treated if you were in their shoes. Maybe you add that to it, you know, because you say you, you know you don't know somebody until you walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah. So you know maybe that's the thing. Maybe we have to have understanding, and maybe that's where the grace comes in, understanding of what the other person might be going through. So yeah, so the lady slamming the door, and sometimes I play it off like, oh, she's rude. Well, you know, she was, but whatever. Um, <laughs> 
But it's also like the, my intent wasn't to get accolades. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I still held the door. I said, okay, so do you want to go in or not? You know, I'm still holding the door for her. I'm mm-hmm. like, do you want to go in or not? Because if you're not going to go in, I'm going to go in. Mm-hmm. If you want to go in, then there's the door, go in. You know, mm-hmm. you decide, and then, you know, based on your decision, I'll respond. Mm-hmm. And so my response wasn't anything negative. It was just like, are you going to go in or not? Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to go in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what happened. I just remember at the end, she was staring me down and whatever. <laughs> and so I busted a cap in the knee. <laughs> um, no, but so again, this, the, it's, 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 are we doing it for ourselves or are we just doing it because, Maybe, you know, I've had people hold doors for me and it's black. I was come, I was driving on the freeway and you know, you ever get those situations where you're driving, you're in a lane, there's an open lane and then there's another lane and everybody wants, and you two people want to merge in the same lane at the same time, right? Right, okay. right, right. So I had that experience. So I look over and we both are going to merge at the same time into the lane. And so I pull back, he pulls back. And then we look at each other, and I'm like, go. And he's like, go. And now we're in that situation. It's like, okay, we're going to crash because we're undecisive. Well, so then what he's decided to do, so I'm waving him over. He's waving me over. And I'm like, okay, what do we do? Because we're now we're going to come back and crash again because we're waving each other over. So he hit the brakes, and he backed off. And so I'm like, okay, so I'm going to move over, and then he's going to move over. Because mm-hmm. he had the ability to slow down because I had people on my tail. Because we're still not at the point of traffic, although it's getting heavier out there. Stay home. I um, would say people are getting more reckless. Yes, it, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy right now. It is not a good time to be on the freeway. But right there now. we kind of you know communicated, work together. But and again in the situation, our intent wasn't like he just didn't pull on over, and I back over so he honks over, you know, and stays stills my lane. Um, but you know we kind of compromised, worked it out, so we both were able to ch- change lanes and then go. Um, but so it's something like that. It's like, what are we in it for? Are we in it for because, you know, we want to help other people? Is it because we want accolades for ourselves? Is it because of whatever the reason? But, again, it just goes back to a basic understanding of what we all think because I think within us there is a belief of what is inherently good mm-hmm. and what is inherently bad. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a moral good that we all agree you know, even in prison. Well, you know, we don't all agree, but there is a moral good. Well, there, no, we all agree that everybody. there's a moral good. Whether, whether that definition of moral goodness might change, but there is a moral good. And I think that on the on the commonplace, um, you would think that treating somebody with respect would be okay. Obviously, there's a lot of bad people out there. But, for example, if we are – I'd rather hold the door open for somebody and then they look at me like, dude, don't hold the door open for me. Then why didn't that person hold the door open for me? Mm-hmm. See, there's a negative, there's mm-hmm. a there's a negative con- mm-hmm. connotation, negative twist there. Mm-hmm. So someone's gonna look bad at me because I was rude, or just open the door for somebody as they get in the car. You know, I do that all the time, and people look at me, and and I've actually had people tell me like strangers, "Hey, I'm impressed that you opened the door. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you still open the car door for it. I'm impressed by that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a gentleman thing to do." And it's like, oh, okay. Now, I didn't do it for any accolades, but, mm-hmm. but people notice, and people will right. notice what we do. And so now we might affect other people mm-hmm. and, well, and I, our actions. Yeah, and I think that right now it is more important than ever to, to think about this topic because um, we are in the middle of another episode of civil rights, another episode of, of you know racism, another episode. And I, when I say another episode, I don't mean to say that as if – like, here we go again. It's been going since for 400 years, 1619, you know, when we started bringing the um, people over to and putting them into slavery. Um, but we're, we're it, it's bubbling up again and we're talking about it and, and dealing with it again. And I think part of the, you know, when we talk about do unto others, you know, the way I think when we are um, – Prejudiced or racist, racist, one, we're not going to do that. But then, two, when we're oblivious 
and we don't pay attention to um, what other people are going through, then we don't necessarily put that rule into practice because it doesn't, you know, pertain to us. So we're not as nice to the homeless as what we could be because we don't want them in our neighborhood. We don't, yeah, they need to have housing somewhere, but not where my business is and not where my home is. Um, yeah, racism is horrible, but you know, and whatever excuse that we have, um, you know, I've gone to the strip clubs, I've gone to the porn show, like to minister to the dancers and to the different people in the industry. And it's like, oh, those people are doing something bad. And so, um, you know, why would you do that? You know? So I think that we, I think to take, you know, on a deeper level, um, it is nice to treat people the way that we want to be treated on the surface, you know, in traffic and, um, at the store and whatever. But then on a deeper level, I mean, it's so important in our society because not everybody is considered equal right now. Not everybody is considered um, with respect and with dignity. There's all kinds of um, um, segments um, in our society where people are dismissed because we don't want to be bothered. We don't want to change what's going on with us. We're benefiting from, you know, privilege or we're benefiting from, you know, whatever. And so we're not stopping our lives and saying, hey, wait a second. We need to reevaluate what we're doing and so in that respect you know on a deeper level our society sucks because we're not treating people the way that we want to be if that was us in that situation in any you know of any of those situations um it would we would be screaming you know from the rooftops like this isn't fair you know but because it's other people and and we may not be dealing with it per se in our life it's like off of our radar And we're not standing up for things that we should be standing up for. We're not speaking out. We're not in a respectful way. Um, So, yeah, it's horrible that we don't pay attention to this on a deeper level. But see, you just elevated it there to a society level. But if we bring it down, because most people I've talked to recently, if we bring it down to the individual, to the neighbor. I'm talking about the individual and the neighbor. Well, if we bring it down to that level and we then started to do – the temp, you know, start to do this thing, not template, but this thing, start treating mm-hmm. each other equally, mm-hmm. you'd probably see better change. We would. And, and that's exactly my and if, point. And if everybody did it, I'm yeah. not saying people are going to do it. Don't get me wrong. It's not, I'm not myopic about it. But if we did, then on a society level, things would change. Yes. There would be less homeless, possibly. There'd be less hatred, possibly. Yes. There'd be less racism, possibly. There'd be less whatever, maybe crime even, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't want people to steal from you, then don't steal from people. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't want to shoot, if you want anybody to shoot you and you're in a gang, then don't be in a gang and shoot other people. I mean, you know, you could take this right. out as far as like you want. We don't on want the people level. to steal from us personally, but then we will cheat on our taxes or we will steal, or we will steal something from our workplace. So we, we prior or we compartmentalize, you know, our, everybody's moral standard is different. And we, we think that we are always in the right and we're not. So, yeah, it is an individual. It is a, a very individual. Um, each person has to do it. But I, I, I think I meant like collectively, because all these individuals are not doing it collectively as a society, we are letting um, segments of our society suffer. And that's just not okay. And it's because us as individuals are not standing up where we are, calling it out and, and saying, no, this is not acceptable. Like I got into a um, I don't want to say an argument, but I got into a heavy debate the other day with my um, neighbor, a white male, and we were on, you know, 
different sides of the issue of this racism thing. And um, I was getting really frustrated by what he was saying because I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is like, okay, hello, this is the problem right here. (laughs) Everything that you're saying is just like so out there. And normally in the past I would have not engaged. I would have been like, oh, this guy's a, you know, whatever, and he can think what he thinks, you know. But then, but now I'm like, no, I have to, I have to not stand there and just, oh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, that's the way you think, yeah, okay. I can't just stand there and do that anymore because it's gotten to the, I shouldn't say it's gotten to the point. It has always been that, it always, it has always been horrible. I have not stood up the way that I should be standing up. And so um, now I am at the point of growth and learning that I cannot be silent anymore and I cannot let people say things like that anymore without if I'm in a conversation. So yeah, treating other people the way that I want to be treated um, in a conversation, like we have to, we have to be brave enough to have those conversations. I see. I think there in a situation like that or in just in anything, you know, People are going to immediately, and when you engage in conversation, people are going to hold their ground. I think actions eventually persuade people. Yes. And, for example, quick example, um, a guy whose family's from India was telling me that in the history of India, their you know religion is basically, was a Hindu. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these gods and everything. And so people in India will act based on the religion. Mm-hmm. So when the Christian faith missionaries went into India. Mm-hmm. All they did was set up shop and started helping the sick, feeding, you know, because there's a caste system. Mm-hmm. And so they just started treating people in a manner. Mm-hmm. Okay, no religion, mm-hmm. no theology, no Bible thumbing. They just started treating people mm-hmm. with humane. Love and kindness. Yes, yep. okay. So then at some point, everyone notices and people are noticing. So like, hey, why are you treating me differently? Because this is how it's supposed to be. But you're not treating me right. as a lower class citizen in this caste system, whatever. What is different about you? Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to know? Here's my faith. Right. So they start sharing their faith in this example. And the next thing you know, after years of this kind of model, people are starting to now become the Christian faith. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was the model that worked. But the thing that changed them wasn't the ideology, the Bible thumping, the whatever. Right. So in your case, for example, you might not win him over by having a conversation in the streets. But if he starts seeing your actions, mm-hmm. if p- other people start seeing our actions, mm-hmm. that's going to change. If right. you see somebody feed somebody, that could, just like I said, opening the door for somebody, uh, the car door, whatever, somebody saw them was like, wow, I still can't believe that you do that. That's great. Right. Okay, that's right. insignificant from the worldly things. But maybe somebody saw that and that makes a change. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it is. And again, it goes back to the kind of thing we joke about with the man in the mirror, Michael Jackson song. But that's what it does. It, and, and our actions are going to speak louder than words, I think. Yes. And when people see that, so, okay, instead of sending their button their heads against the wall of the conversation on social media, that's not going to change anybody's opinion except piss everybody off. Mm-hmm. Once you do something to affect change or challenge the person. Okay, you know what? We disagree. Let's do this. Let's find something neutral. A homeless situation. Let's go together and feed the homeless. Let's go together and do this. Mm-hmm. So that way, because again, the greatest thing that we have that is equal is time. Mm-hmm. You could be, you could have more money than me and donate more money, but your time is just as valuable as mine. If you set an hour aside to do something and I set an hour aside to do something, now that is equal. Right. Okay. And giving. Right. So again, as we wrap up here, maybe it comes down to 
or actions Mm -hmm. will speak louder than words. And what are those actions going to be? And if you don't know what those actions should be and you have no idea, then maybe if you think about doing unto others as you would want them to do unto you or loving your neighbor as yourself or whatever religion, because you said this is woven in all the religions, whatever it is, karma, whatever, then maybe, just maybe, things will start to change. Agreed. And so that would be the template. Again, not a cure-all and not really a template per se, but not the, you know, but the, you know, if you want to call it vaccine, whatever, but maybe it's a start for change. Mm-hmm. And then as we do it at an individual level and we do it one-on-one in the community, in the neighborhoods, and then maybe it grows from the grassroots because it's not going to change from the top down. Agreed. And so, again, that's something to consider, something to think about because, again, we don't know. And then just take into consideration what the other person might be going through and yeah. don't do it for yourself, but do it because yeah, you want to see. Yeah, it has to start with us. It has to start with, you know, putting yourself in that situation and how would I want to be treated in that situation. And um, and I do totally agree that it's going to have to change from the bottom up because we like to point fingers at people and say, oh, it's because of, you know, this group or that group or the, you know, the political party or whatever. No, it's us. We, we have the ability to change it on a daily basis. Um, if every, I mean, how many million or billion people are in the, I think there's 10 million just in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. right? So if 10 million people just did that once, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, that's 10 million, um, you know, acts of kindness and love that we would see. And that would be very, life-changing and it'd have to be intentional intentional yes you can't live off the emotions i know a lot of people are reacting off of emotion right now and what happens when the emotion ends what happens when the craze ends what happens when the The real work has to begin yes and that's then what happens we go back to normal nothing changes so it has to be intentional and it has to be something that we make a a recognized cognitive decision that this is what i'm going to do Mm -hmm. and it's not about me it's about the other person and maybe change comes So there you go. There you go. Hey, so uh, (laughs) Two Steps Ed podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in or maybe standing in as our motto has kind of changed with the current events of time. (laughs) So hopefully you don't have to. Um, You can find us on Instagram at Two Steps Ahead podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, My personal Instagram is at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. Now, in both of those, if you go to the link in the bio, you click the link. That'll bring you to like a menu page, and then the menu page has various things. So you can check on the YouTube or click on the YouTube link, and that takes us to the YouTube channel. If you click on Spotify, you can listen to the show on Spotify. There's also a SoundCloud. And so, again, you can kind of find us through our Instagram. Oh, yes, and the Swag Shop. We also have a store. Uh, What's the name of the store? Terribly. Well, it's on the it's on the link. So okay, so just, the link is go to all those links are there. Yeah, on, so the link is the swag shops. You click yep. the swag shop, take you to the store. You can find all kinds of uh, stuff. You can find two steps ahead podcast merchandise. You can find uh, was it terribly? <laughs> I have a wear your character line, terrifically uplifting. Terrifically so. uplifting. That's right. Terribly awkward is your other thing. Your TikTok yes, thing. Yes, I am something. terribly awkward. Yeah, that was yes. it. That was it. Yes. So, uh, so again, there's all kinds of things on there. But if you go to the links in either at Two Steps Ed Podcast or at Edom Rocks, the links will take you, and you can find all kinds of good stuff there. Um, you can also find us other places. You know, you can find us on IGTV. Uh, you can just Google search Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up. Apple Podcast, so uh, hey Siri, hey Google, hey Alexa, 
play Two Steps Head podcast, and we pop up. So you can find us a lot of places. If you're in the Pasadena area and Pasadena, California, you can find us on TV on uh, AT&T U-verse Channel 99 and Spectrum Channel 32. And it kind of varies throughout the week, but um, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. are the two main times. Long Beach, California, you can find us on Spectrum Channel 32, and you can also find us on um, Frontier 41. And um, that's usually Saturdays at 3 initially, but then it also sprinkles throughout the week. Um, so thank you to them. And, and so and then you is? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at... Tara Hoke Shiro, T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. And if you link in my bio, then um, it'll take you to my website, and everything is there as well. The swag shop, the videos, um, the SoundCloud, everything is there. And what's the uh, website in case people don't have Instagram? TaraShiro.com. So there you go. So you can find us everywhere. We pretty much saturated the market. Yes. And, um, you know. That's pretty much it. Hey, so uh, take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great, be kind, don't be an a hole. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Do <laughs> tell a, a friend. New tagline. Yes, new tagline. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Do tell a friend, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.